0: Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the
1: show. McChesney Unchained, episode 12. Coming to you from Six Zero Studios and Six Zero Strength and Fitness. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, as always, rocking the house here at Six Zero Studios. This is the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Remember that you can follow the show at BSN Unchained on Twitter and at 60Strength on Instagram and Twitter for my personal account. Uh, check out the website 60Strength.com for information on the bridge. I've uh, got guys going all over the country uh, this weekend for recruiting visits uh, from Wisconsin to UCLA to uh, Texas Tech, I mean the guys are going all over the damn place so uh, pretty exciting for the Dungeon family uh, and everybody involved with that. Uh, Broncos got a huge victory against the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football and looked good doing it. Uh, my man Benjamin Albright uh, is going to be joining us here in studio at 6 Zero Studios this morning uh, as we talk about the game last night, preview the rest of the NFL coming up this week. Um, thought I'd get in and uh, get the Buff stuff done before Ben shows up, so let's get into it real quick. Uh, Last week was a disaster for CU. Um, You know, I I thought it was a squandered opportunity, and I'm sure that's how they feel as well. Um, uh, Going to Washington, you know, Washington is 16th. The Buffs are 25th in one poll and unranked in the other. You can't go lateral against Washington. They're too fast, and they're just too good uh, up front. So hopefully the Buffs can figure out a game plan that is you know, controlling time of possession, grinding out yards, and lining up in smash-mouth smash mouth sets and getting smash-mouth yards. So if you can get three and a half, four 4 yards carry, we can be pretty productive. The question is, can we do that and manhandle their defensive linemen? I don't know. Uh, that's going to be a tough task. Montez needs to have his best game of the year. He's got to be sturdy in the pocket. He, I think he was seeing ghosts last week a little bit for USC. Uh, they're pretty good up front. I think he was having a little bit of flashbacks from the game in Lincoln where they kind of got on us a little bit. Uh, but the Buffs did come back, and they showed a lot of heart in the ball game and not quitting and rolling over, especially after the two interceptions and the opportunities that were squandered, not getting in the end zone off of those and the discouragement, I'm sure. I know that Coach Shiv was – Adamant about him not doing a good enough job. I mean, that's what leaders do. They they shoulder the blame, um, and you know, it, it, it's just like a quarterback. As a quarterback, um, when your team does well, it's because of your offensive line and your running game and your receivers and the game plan. And when your team does poorly, as a leader, you take it on your shoulders and you say, "I didn't do a good enough job, and I have to do better." So you know, there's make sure that the the uh, the praise is spread around. When, when it's needed and make sure that the finger and the thumb is pointed at yourself uh, if you're a leader when that is needed as well. Um, <clears throat> do I think CU is going to win in Seattle? No, I don't. Um, would I love to see them win in Seattle? Obviously. I mean, that's the dumbest question on earth. I don't even know why I'm asking it. We'll put it like this. This is a huge opportunity for them to change the narrative because there's a lot of folks that think we're a product of a weak schedule and we may be maybe but we're a 5 and 1 football team um we got to figure out a way to beat USC Washington you know it Washington's a good football team they they're very competitive last week you know they they lost to Oregon in overtime in in uh, Eugene and John Elway, Matt Russell were there, Watson, Justin Herbert, or Jake Browning. I'm pretty sure it was Justin Herbert. Or maybe they were evaluating Chris Peterson. One never knows, although VJ, I'm sure, is going to keep his job after last night's total ass-beating. Um, the, the key to this game is going to be using to, as a decoy, more than just a, you know, leaning on him for the entirety of your offensive production. They've got to figure out a way to get McMillan going. They've got to figure out a way to get Brady Russell on the field. When thirty-eight's on the field, the walk-on fullback tight end kid from Fossil Ridge, who's Matt Russell's uh, nephew, hell of a player. Uh, when thirty-eight's on the field, man, he's a hell of a lead blocker, and they seem to have a lot of success. So, as a guy who was part of the original Wildcat, I you know I was a, a starter at guard for the Dolphins team uh, that that invented the Wildcat. So. You know, I ran that with Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams and Chad Pennington, Jake Long, Samson Satelli, and all those boys. I mean, it was fun. Patrick Cobbs. That was fun, man. But It gets figured out pretty quick, but... It puts you in 11 on 11 football when your quarterback or Chanel is back there in the Wildcat and he is controlling the tempo. And all of a sudden you've got two lead blockers and a polar and you're downhill on people. It's hard to match up against. And if one guy misses a tackle in that instance, it's 11 on 11 and you're to the house like we saw last week. So. Yes, I think they need to do more of that, but not if he's banged up. If he misses the week, he misses the week. We, we've got to find somebody else to step in there and make some plays. Hopefully, Winfrey can come back if Chanel's out because Jawan is a freak as well. I'd only imagine what that offense would look like if they were both healthy together. Um, I, I like Nixon. The offensive line is going to have a huge test in this football game. This is the biggest test of the year. If the the atmosphere in Lincoln was nuts, Okay. And it was the first game of the year for them, the second game of the year for us. We didn't know that they were going to be winless. And by the way, I'm just going to say this. Everybody knows my disdain for Nebraska, but I respect them. Coach Rude, their linebacker coach. I played against him several times in, in college and the pros. We're we're pretty close, um, you know. He he's my connection out there. They have Coach Troy Walters, who's a great coach at wide receiver. I, I just I think that the Husker Nation and this is a Buffalo talking to you. I know you hate us and we hate you too, but just be patient, man. Do not try and get rid of Scott Frost. He's not in over his head. The football team is bad and the culture is bad, and it, it's not Nebraska football right now. They can fix it. And, you know, Tate Wildeman is a kid that we sent there out of six zero here from Legend last year, and he got hurt, but he's the kind of kid that you can build around. He's a foundation-type player. They recruited Luke McCaffrey. He's committed to them. He's going to be a foundation-type football player. Um, they just... Uh, or Mike Lynn, the big tackle from Cherry Creek that I've been working with for so many years. He's committed to Nebraska. We were in here yesterday morning uh, talking ball and in the lab watching film, talking about rebuilding that place and how much pride he's going to have in going there and rebuilding. So... This this is what football is these days. It's always the next guy's better and next guy up and let's just fire everybody and move on. And I'm not against that in circumstance, certain certain circumstances. But in this one, I, I am vehemently unless you don't want to be good. And honestly, as a buff, that could work for me. So, it's better when Nebraska's better. I like beating them when they're good. I like beating them regardless, but I love beating them when they're good. So, just pump your brakes on Scott for us. So, back back to the buffs, though, and, and Washington. Going full circle here. Washington's atmosphere is going to be crazier than Nebraska was. For the simple fact that they're ranked 16th, they're coming off a close overtime loss to Oregon. They're still in the hunt if Oregon trips, and they could easily. The Pac-12 cannibalizes is itself every year. Um. So we'll see what happens there. But if Chanel's out with the toe, you know, forget about the fucking toe. You want a toe? I'll get you a toe by 3 o'clock with nail polish. Um, O-line toughness is going to be huge this week. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Aaron Hagler, I think he's doing a great job, he, you know, wearing that captain badge with, with pride and doing a really good job of playing multiple positions. I like him at guard. They need to run behind big man a little bit more. All right, college matchups this weekend. Uh. College football matchups this weekend, all right? Bama's off. Notre Dame is off. So the first team in the country and the fourth team in the country don't play. Um, My sleeper this week is number 19, Iowa. Watch out for them. They scored 40 points at Indiana last week, and they're pro-style and really good on defense. And I just wouldn't be surprised if Iowa ends up slipping out of the West in the Big Ten and not Wisconsin. Um, Okay, Uh, Ohio State goes to Purdue. I'm going to talk to Benjamin Albright about this a little bit, but the Joey Bosa topic. How do I feel about this? I feel like he shouldn't go back to college. He should drop out, and he should maximize his money. And anybody that has anything negative to say about this, you are a moron. You're a moron. I mean, put yourself in his shoes. I wouldn't play either. I understand you may be a Final Four team, but he's a first-round draft pick, maybe the first pick off the board. He's not just, you know, going to sit back and make, well, if I go out and I tear this, I might fall in the draft and lose millions of dollars. And I know that he wants to go out there and donate his time for for a scholarship that I'm sure he would gladly pay for if they would just pay him. Because I'm sure his value there would be pretty high. He's a projected first round, first overall pick. I don't need to see more from him. He's a beast. He's got great football lineage. His brother's an animal. I don't know why he would be any different. He's got a fast-twitch muscle injury. And I don't know if it's going to take all the way until December to get healthy. Who cares? This is his decision. And if the college football and the way they do things in the NCAA, if they're going to force guys to make decisions like this because they won't pay them and the hypocrisy knows no bounds and they can't figure out a way to pay the players but they can figure out a way to divvy up all the checks – they can figure out a way to pay the coaches, sh- but you know the, the business model is set through minor league baseball and the D League and all these things. You know, we had Joe Klatt on. Uh, we'll actually play some of that some of that interview. I'll uh, we'll, we'll dig up the Joe Klatt interview and we'll throw that in. Uh, actually, right here. So th- this is Joe Klatt and his opinion of what's going on in college football and how you can try and counter some of this and it's pretty interesting so check this out really quick from clatt i thought that this was an an unbelievably good uh take on how to get college football players players played paid and then maybe you don't have this problem with bosa and other guys moving forward because honestly why wouldn't you do this if you're a college football player? Why wouldn't you sit out if it had benefits for you moving forward, especially fu- financially? The fact that you're not making anything at Ohio State but a stipend check, I mean, that's ridiculous. So you can't get on Bosa for doing this. I mean, I, I think that it's Nick Bosa is 100% making the right decision. I'm sure he likes Ohio State and loves his his time there, but – I'm sure he likes money, too, and being the first pick overall. So uh, we're going to bring you a little bit of Joe Klatt here, so check this out. And uh, remember, you can always get a hold of us on social media and let me know what you thought.
2: Here's what I think might be better. Give the athletes their name and likeness back, just like the Olympic model. And it would be, I think, very easy to do because all you would have to do is set up under that overarching governing body okay. that I said, basically a commissioner's office, you would have – One PR firm, one advertising firm that would basically say we are going to dole out the name and likeness money, and it's not going to be because your booster thinks that he can give you a Nike contract if you go to Oregon or this booster at Maryland because of, uh, of the Under Armour contract. It wouldn't be shady because you would control it out of one body. So all the companies go there, and they say, hey, we want this player, that player, this one. And then that body basically says, okay, here are the players that are going to get name and likeness money, and then here are the ones that aren't.
1: And, and that's, and that's just like the NFL.
2: And that's just like the NFL. And guess what? You don't earn have to it. pay the backup punter the same amount that you're paying Kyler Murray.
1: I really dig this idea. You not deserve it. I'm running with this it. idea. That is a, that's a gold idea right there, Joel Klatt. So you just earn you earn your movie check, essentially.
2: Yes. Shit, brother, I'm all about earning it. Name and likeness. It's it's very similar to the Olympic model. The Olympians are still considered, to some degree, amateur, but they own their own name and likeness. So they can go under, and and Jeremy Bloom can get a deal with Oakley, and and Michael Phelps can do a deal with Under Armour, and so on and so forth.
1: That was a very educated perspective by my man joel clatt uh that was a great interview we had on here a couple shows ago we've had cliff kingsbury joel clatt phil lindsey in studio my man ben albright's going to be in studio today uh you know the list goes on and on darren chivarini clayton adams jake the snake plumbers coming in next week sean tufts is our guest on monday to wrap up the nfl weekend talk a little bust for life so pretty cool uh thanks for joel for coming on the show and and sharing that information i think it's a good idea honestly you know giving the players their names and likenesses back like the olympic model it may be the answer to all these questions i don't know But at least it allows guys who can get paid the opportunity to do it. Um, And, you know, the backup walk-on or the backup punter isn't getting the same amount of money and shine that the starting quarterback gets. That's just the way it is. So I I dig that uh, and think it's a good idea. All right, moving forward. Um, Ohio State will beat Purdue and Purdue, although Purdue is a better team than their record shows in my opinion although they're getting better um michigan and michigan state the battle of the brothers in uh big blue land uh since mike hart came out years ago and and called michigan state the little brother the spartans have really dominated this rivalry so i would expect nothing more um, Oklahoma and TCU is a big time uh, upset alert, in my opinion. Going to, CU, to TCU is never an easy task. Gary Peterson is going to have them rolling. Oklahoma's leaky at times, especially on defense, so TCU might be able to exploit that. I would also keep a really, really tight uh, uh, eyepiece on 16 NC State and number three Clemson. Trevor, when you start a rookie quarterback as a freshman, I don't care if you're at Clemson or Oklahoma State or CU or wherever, you're going to struggle, and that's what they did, and that's what they've been doing. I know that they scored a ton of points against Wake Forest before their bye week, but they needed to do that to get NC State uh, scared of what they're seeing. NC State's got a great defense. They're undefeated, and this is a huge opportunity for them to win that division. And Clemson's a 17-point favorite. That's fucking nuts. Um, i definitely take that. Uh, Can UCF and can Cincinnati rank 10th and 20th? Can they stay undefeated? And if they do, can they even sniff the playoffs? I don't think they can because their strength of schedule is dog shit. So get into a real conference, and then you can complain about going undefeated and not being a national champion. But until then, just accept the fact that you play in the American Conference and no one gives a shit. I'm glad you've won 19 games or whatever, but no, no one cares. Cincinnati, I'm glad you're undefeated, but playing Temple and shit. Who cares? So I'd like to see how they're doing in major conferences. UCF would not be undefeated if they were in the ACC or the SEC. I don't care if they beat Auburn last year in a meaningless bowl game. Bowl games mean dick these days, everybody. Figure it out. Uh, And then uh, Oregon and Washington State play in a huge Pac-12 game. Oregon's 12th and Washington State's 25th right now. The fight in Mike Leach is a little... uh, I'm sure that they'll give Oregon as much problems as they do every year. That's always an interesting game. Max Borgie's killing it up there as a true freshman for Washington State and other Colorado kids. So keep an eye on those college football matchups this weekend. And uh, you know, we'll obviously wrap up all that next week and talk about the Buffs and the Huskies. Hopefully the Buffs can get a A much-needed rivalry, not a rivalry, a much-needed road win, excuse me. That's the CTE kicking in right there. I need to go get my Neuro XPF this morning. Uh, But they need a road win, and this would be a big one, and it would kind of silence some of the critics. But they've got to get real nasty and shorten some necks and knock some teeth out in Seattle because Washington is not going to be fucking around. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. On to the NFL. And as always, our NFL wrap each week is brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. i my man, Kyle Turley. Uh, NeuroXPF is an unbelievably great product. I take it every day. Uh, it's a CBD based recovery product for athletes to be completely honest with you it's going to be on the medical side of every dispensary in Colorado here shortly uh, when I get that figured out from a logistics standpoint uh, but it won't be sold on the recreation side because there's no THC in it so it's truly a, the point of the spear in the CBD medicine revolution, uh, it's something that I take on the daily, I take the extended release gel, gel caps every morning, the tincture and then the muscle rub is amazing we sell it on the shelf here at 6-0 Strength down in Centennial, we're the only place that sells it in the state of Colorado, and I am the exclusive rep for NeuroXPF out here in Denver. Uh, and look, if you have any questions on it, be educated and smart and log on to NeuroXPF.com and read Kyle Turley's story and everything this man has gone through, all right, and then make a determination on whether or not you think your kids should be taking tram et all you know, toward all getting shot up with God knows what cortisone and whatnot. Percocet, Vicodin, Oxycontin. Let's pump them full of Celebrex. Let's get them on. Some, yeah. All that stuff as much Advil as possible. Let's throw them some Aleve too. Or you can go towards, you know, if you're a religious person, you can go towards what God intended. It's a plan. Get over it. So check that out. Uh, neuroxpf.com and they bring you the NFL wrap as they do every or the NFL, I guess, preview this week. Uh, it'll be a Broncos wrap up here in a little bit, as they do every single week. Um, my man Ben Albright joins us here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network here at 60 Studios at 60 Strength. What's happening, bro? Oh, it's good to good to be here chatting with you, man. I'm glad you came into the studio, bro. And early on Friday morning, that's never an easy one. Um, <laughs> tell everybody about yourself a little bit. Tell them your your Twitter handle, how they can get a hold of you. Uh, you're a great follow on social media. I love how you're not afraid to tell an idiot fan that they're an idiot, uh, which, which is a great thing these days, especially with uh, the social media and how vicious that can be. But just talk about yourself a little bit for, for a second, tell everybody who you are and then we'll get into this.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, Benjamin Albright, former uh, high school quarterback, college bench warmer. Uh, they, they listed me as a wide receiver, although I stood at the end of the bench with my helmet in my hand for four years. Um, uh, <laughs> I worked briefly for Gruden over in Tampa doing, uh, doing some scouting stuff and then, uh, got into the media side of the house. It's been pretty fun. Um, That's what I've been doing for the last decade or so. And how Um, can they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter, at Albright NFL. It's Albright with two L's. Very nice. And I do tend to to be a
1: little vocal on there. Me too. (laughs) I find it amazing. Folks are always like, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, it's a great platform to share your opinion. And then you share your opinion, and then they're like... (laughs) Fuck your opinion, bro. <laughs> your
0: opinion is wrong. Yeah, you're an like, idiot or whatever. I, had, I actually had some guy last night. I, I put out. The, I put a little money on the game last night. I figured the Broncos would win. and yeah. Put that out there. And some guy came out there. And they had this three or four tweet, you know, monologue about how uh, uh, I was an idiot. I'm one of these suckers. And he, how he makes so much money every week or whatever. And you know, and then after the game, of course, he's dead silent.
1: Of course he is. Uh, and the, the Broncos look good. We'll talk about them here in a minute. Um, all right. First off, we I just talked about uh, Nick Bosa a little bit in the college football. Wrap. We heard a part of the interview from Joe Clatt talking about, you know, instead of paying players or what my suggestion was to just lock arms and sit down and stop playing. Which, I mean, it would definitely be confrontational, and obviously that's why I picked that way. Clatt <laughs> um, obviously thought about it as a calm, collected quarterback that he always was when we were captains together at CU, and, and you know, that's that's who he is. That's why I had him on the show to talk to him about it. And when he said. You know, give them their likeness back and treat it like the Olympics. That that could be something that works. How do you feel about this Nick Bosa thing? And and you know, it, is he setting a precedent for other good players to say, if my draft grades here, why exactly should I play in all these all these like exhibition games? I know that they mean something and they're fun, but how do you monetize value in athletics?
0: Well, there's there's two it's ways. Financials, right? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah.
1: <laughs> and they just they just don't get paid.
0: They don't. Um, for for a guy like me, there's two ways to look at this. One is like you know that's my teammate who's saying these are exhibition games, and that kind of stings. That's yep. that's good, you know. I mean, that's gonna suck. Uh, the other way of looking it at it sucks is just,
1: that I feel like that now. Right,
0: right, and now but it, you like know.
1: It, it being an ex college athlete, right. and after playing in the league and getting my pension, and then putting guys into school. Now we mm-hmm. put 29 kids into school last year. Yesterday or tomorrow we've got kids visiting Wisconsin and Texas Tech and UCLA and all I mean they're all over the damn place and yeah it's great and I want them to go to school for free but when they get into the system the system is broken uh, regardless big, right, of how right. shiny it is right
0: and that that's the that's the trick to figure out uh, the other side of this is you know old me now looking back at this is like go get your money son yeah, you know
1: I <laughs> <laughs> mean and so that's the second win- what if he goes in at 22 Right, he gets ten years. You got to yeah, think two if you're or three lucky. Contracts, you yeah. know. I mean,
0: that's that's how it is. So go get your money, son. And so, like, I, I understand it from both, you know, quote unquote, both sides of the house. When I'm looking at this. I agree with you. The system is broken, and you've got to find a, you, you've got to find a way to fix that. I, I don't like the idea of outright paying everybody simply because you've got a state employee type deal with public colleges, and it gets into all this legal rigmarole, and, and that gets irritating. so so. But giving like the Olympics, bags, yeah. Right, that's the, that's the that's I think the linchpin to it. the problem there that you have to figure out is how to get around or how to block boosters from guaranteeing you like let's say I'm I'm a T Boone Pickens at Oklahoma State I, come nice. on come on out to Oklahoma State you know what I'm going to do I'm going to let I'm going to put a commercial for Sweeten you put pot. you on commercials yeah for a million dollars Well then why can't we do that Well I mean but that, that, it it becomes a pseudo professional league. Obviously, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma <laughs> states of the world, or the giant boosters are going to rake in the top recruits, and the
1: Wyoming's of the world are so going to miss how, out. How well they're already missing out. Well, so who cares? fair enough. But it, 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 how long until this is? We'll put it like this. Let me ask this question: How long until the government gets involved? Well, because yeah. the, the the noise is going to get so big eventually. The hypocrisy is at an all-time high.
0: Well, they're already involved. Look at the basketball side well, of the this, house. I mean, this right. is what I'm saying. You've got,
1: you've got the FBI involved with basketball and all the shadiness there. But mm-hmm. look, it's only shady. Everyone needs to understand this. All this stuff and all this bullshit that's happening in basketball and Nick Bosa and Christian McCaffrey not playing in the ball game, and Fournette not playing in the ballgame, but then Jake Butt playing and tearing his ACL mm-hmm. or Jalen Smith playing and tearing his knee up or mm-hmm. you know whatever the circumstance is. When it all comes down to it, it's only bullshit because the NCAA has their head in their ass and they won't reform their rules and actually act like they're making money through athletics. Because they, it, I feel like the NCAA has this, like, deniability factor where they're like, well, everybody's an amateur, and we just happen to be making all this money. <laughs> we but, accidentally... We, oh, my God. We just kind of fell into this. Yeah. Uh, college football, we didn't know it was going to be this profitable. Ho, ho, ho. And it just... It, it, it's driving me fucking nuts. So, hopefully, Nick Bosa can set the tone and, and more guys do this. Let's, look... I think it sets a bad precedent for guys who overvalue themselves. Yes. So if you think you're really good rather than having multiple agents and scouts and NFL player or NFL no, like like uh scouting people and, you know, if you can call Joey and Joey gets you in touch with an agent, you know that they're talking to everybody all the time and they say, you're the first pick, second pick, third pick. You're going to make this much money and that's guaranteed, especially because of who your brother is and Mm -hmm. what you could be. Right. That you'd leave. But if you're a... You know, a, a gun of, if you're a senior and you've played a lot and you're a third or fourth round projected and you could easily not get drafted. If you're a fourth round project, you could easily not get drafted. Right. Yeah. The difference so between fourth and undrafted drafted is, yeah. All the time. It happened last year in this room. It happened to Phil Lindsay. Yeah. You know, it's what it is. Right. So if that happens, then you're going to have guys that aren't playing and aren't helping themselves. Right. But they're listening to the wrong people. Doesn't the NCAA have to guard against that, too? This is such a clusterfuck.
0: Well, to me, that's, that's another glaring thing is you've got these these guys who, um, you know, uh, put themselves out there as advisors or agents or whatever, and, and, they're, and they're not necessarily. They're just getting in the kid's ear trying to make a check themselves, and they're telling, oh, you could, you're going to be this. You're going to be hey, this.
1: It's and- combine training time, right? Oh, yeah. so, so, like, the, it's season. I'm trying to evaluate who I want to work with. Yeah. Last year, we had a great group of Phil Lindsay and Kyle Bosch. Sam Jones got drafted. good group
0: there's a difference so you have a credibility not only did you play in the league this is my problem right so
1: like it it becomes more of a how many guys can we sign and how much bullshit can we can we shoot up and make them sound like we're the ultimate agency and this workout place is better than that one and all you got to do is run fast and i'm like holy shit man the fact that guys can still get conned like this by so many agents there's some great ones there are some great ones Joel mm-hmm. Siegel unbelievable agent um, Tom Mills my old agent who represents Baker Mayfield unbelievable Tom mm-hmm. and Jack are unbelievable they were always awesome. Peter Schaefer is a yep. ra- an agent around here in Denver who's yep. great uh, you know Lee Steinberg is awesome there's a lot of dudes out there who take care of their guys but then there's a lot of shady ass motherfuckers too who are just out there trying to just sign clients to get that three percent right And if it doesn't go the way they want it to, all of a sudden the client's getting fired, they're not representing their kid anymore and the trainers are doing the work. I did it last year with one of my guys like this agent wouldn't talk to him and wouldn't call him back and all of a sudden I'm picking up the phone and calling people. It seems like the NCAA is putting themselves in a in a rock hard place situation because they're not helping their players. They're not helping their players make the right decision. If you want Nick Bosa to stay at Ohio State, you have to you have to make it so he wants to stay there. You can't just say to him in like some nineteen seventies Rudy fucking way, "Hey, do it for your team, do it for your brothers." Come on with this family and football shit. <laughs>
0: Nobody, yeah, that's that's the thing. We all talk that, but nobody walks that anymore. And so it's, it's not. I mean, and the NCAA isn't that an institution. They're making money off the backs of this. they so making for them, a ton right, of so money. So for them to sit there and say that is uh, is at best hypocrisy. It's 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 disingenuous at its core. You, you have to incentivize. You're right. You have to incentivize the idea that they would want to stay. Why would he stay? But why would he? Why? What was he going to do? Get go? I mean, are they? Are they they're Technically, they're a team that's going to be competing for a national yeah, championship. I, I, so that's really it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, how much? So what's, what's that worth? worth? What's the so what? Exactly.
1: He's still, you know, so he drops out of school and he's like, okay, I'm going to go get paid. I want a Super Bowl ring. Right.
0: For a guy like me, <laughs> like like I can understand like the national championship would have meant everything because I I wouldn't got to play pro no, ball. I'm, awesome, I'm way yeah. too small. You know, I'm not going to play pro ball. It was never going to happen. Well, even the, I should have I, played where I played.
1: <laughs> I had the opportunity to play pro ball and I thought I would, but I still wanted to win a national title. No one thought like this when we were playing though. Right. We, didn't, we didn't think like this. Our goal was to get there. Right. No one like even if you left early, it was like, "Oh, He's leaving early. Like, Dan Graham came back to school. Andre Girard came <laughs> back to school. Donald Strickland came back to school. You know, Jay Sean Sykes came back to school and got hurt as a senior and didn't get drafted. Yeah. Bannon came back to school. Brayton came back to school. I mean, those are the guys that Mike Lewis came back to school. Those are the guys I played with on those defenses at CU. These days, they'd be gone. Oh, yeah. They, Cashing in. Yeah. So if you're a great player in college football, you really got to look at this. Because you are one play away from having your draft stock drop rapidly because of some stupid ass injury. All right, moving forward. Uh, My man Ben Albright joins us here at McChesney Unchained. Uh, You can follow Ben on Twitter at Albright NFL. Albright NFL. All right, so moving forward the San Diego, Carson City, LA uh, Chargers of California. It ain't it ain't working out too well. Uh, I think that they're finding out pretty quickly. And Kyle Turley was on the sh- on our last episode on episode 11 uh, talking about, you know, he was a Ram and how awesome it is to have the Rams in L.A. And I was like, what about the Chargers? And he was like, the Chargers are here. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love so, it. like, people are, are already questioning this, and I am too. They're going to move them into this this massive facility and all this money's been spent and no one's going to show up it's always going even at the new building then yeah. it is always 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 going to be in a way or a away game for them they're always on the road even at home the soccer stadium is a joke i understand that people that have gone there are like oh it's very intimate and i'm like horse shit it's yes. thirty thousand stands it's a fucking joke right there's bigger high school stadiums in texas so do you move back to san diego you suggested st louis what was the name Oh, the St. Louis
0: Bolts. Because you get bolted. the Chargers. Yeah, you get the Chargers. Okay. You get the, the okay. yeah, both ways. I'd be able to fuck with that. <laughs> San
1: Antonio, maybe Oklahoma City, Portland, <clears throat> Oakland. Would Oakland take them? I don't that's, know. That's actually a good question. Yeah, I mean, would, if Oakland's losing a team, would they would they take a team? Uh, Vegas, could they support two football teams? I don't know. Um, so, if you're looking at this as the Chargers, is it time to pull an Oilers? Is it time to scrap the franchise, scrap the name, retire it, and move to a different city and start over? Probably,
0: um, looking at the financials that that uh, we they got, can't I be got a, making money. Well, I, yeah, I say I got a hold of the financials this or week. So money. they they had projected revenue this coming season of uh, four hundred million dollars. Um, you know, that's not with the TV contracts. That's just their internal revenue. Okay, that's a good number. Thank they were making bad. about three hundred eighty-six million in uh, in San Diego. Nice. Uh, they revised that this week down to one hundred fifty million. <laughs> one hundred fifty million doesn't even cover player payroll, uh, much less Jeez. operating expenses or anything else. So they're in a world of hurt. The ownership, the the there are the front office guys are all looking at this and they're saying this isn't working we really we've got the numbers now this isn't working we're gonna to have to figure something out um, so that's what they're doing is putting a wish list together of, of cities that you know they would be, be interested in putting a, a team in that would be more economically viable whether that's uh, a couple of names that didn't get mentioned international expansion with Toronto or Mexico City um,
1: okay so elaborate on that are we they're playing in London this week against the Titans correct so it's a 730 a.m. game which means it's on at 530 a.m. here which means I ain't gonna watch it. right um, but I'll watch watch it on the NFL app and it's because a, I got that in the office in there.
0: And it's a Chargers, so only 30 See, people would
1: have watched anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad because they're a good football team Mike, this year. Hey, Mike, who's this, who's this <laughs> team with the lightning bolts on the helmet there, Mike? I've never heard of them the Carlson City Chargers. Uh, I thought they were San Diego. <laughs> um, so, uh, is London viable? Or no, does every time you no. go there you have to have a fucking bye week afterwards? Pre- of the well, time you need change. one before and after. And after. Right. And it's, and so, is Mexico City viable? Because Mexico City... Same they, time zone. Dude, they and they sell out. They the do. Oakland Patriot game was nuts. They were they were crawling out of that stadium.
0: There are some security concerns, some other things like that, but uh, right, it's much more. Would
1: get what? Sicario.
0: <laughs> it's much more. They think it's much more economically viable yeah, uh, to have
1: everything more economically <laughs> all viable in there. Mexico, yeah, I've been there a few times. That's, um, I, I think. What, what, I, what I, do I, you need, sir? Yeah. What do you got? Yeah, everything. Yeah, what do you okay, need? Cool. No, what do you need.
0: So a hundred dollars to get you anything you want down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. they, they... I, I think it is. I think it's it's in the same time they zone. They probably sign a lot of guys. Yeah. Money goes a long way. <laughs> a lot of kickers. Oh yeah. They have. <laughs> they have
1: uh, <laughs> wow, dude, This is awesome. <laughs>
0: great. Um, now they they really do have uh, they really do have a lot more to offer. I think than London. London the taxes are significantly higher. Uh, no guy's going to want to go play in London for forty yeah, percent. No one wants to play in London. Nobody wants to play in California for thirty percent. Nobody's going to want to play in London for double that. So. so
1: so okay. How does how do you think the NFL looks at this? If they were to say London or Toronto, or Mexico City, if they're looking at those three places as out of the continental United States expansion, do you think that they say, are there more future football players in London, Canada, or Mexico? Where do you think?
0: I think you say, I think you say Mexico. I really you think do. Really? Yeah, okay. I really do. There's um, there's a Mexican football league down there. It's got some guys. Anything can play. They've got a couple of receivers, a couple of quarterbacks that could come in here and be I practice mean, squad. There's, there's, the a, there's a
1: lot more, well... I, I think there's a lot more. this Canadians blend in pretty well.
0: <laughs> but how many Canadians are in the National That's Football That's what I'm saying. How many
1: great Canadian players have right. there been and how many great Latin players have there been? There's been a shit ton of good Latin players. Right. And so, I mean, Hernandez now is, is probably the best Latin lineman. Wouldn't you have to agree with that? Right. He's got to be up there. Um, He's killing it for the Giants, even though they can't block a soul. Yeah. Oh, uh, just, just looking at, uh, I don't know, man, it's tricky. Yeah, I, I just I think that in terms of emerging markets for too. The I mean, it's just a, as it's a player, a, like it's a lose lose. You it, know, where are you going to go? Why? And as a Charger fan, like just move back to San Diego. The, the on, problem man. is the
0: ownership relationship there is fractured. It would take them selling what, what, to someone else. What I hate to say this, but didn't. Spano just pass one of them, yeah. D, I mean Alex and Dean Spanos are kind of the. the if they get rid of the, the Spanos family, gets rid of that team, and they honestly need to. The Spanos family is cash poor relative to the other owners, uh, and it's, I just that, feel like they the can problem.
1: never support their franchise the way they should.
0: And that's part of the problem.
1: They don't. Well, have if the money. you can't support the franchise correctly, you shouldn't be running the franchise because it, it, it's all a lie. Because even the players can be like, yeah, we're good and we're, we're, we say we want to win, but do we really want to fucking win? Right. How are they going to attract quality free agents to the Chargers?
0: That, that is a good question. That's another one that's, you know, it, are they putting themselves in the best position to succeed? I, I say St. Louis is great. They've got a, they've got a passionate fan base there. It's blue collar America. You're right in the heart Wouldn't of the game. Wouldn't that know,
1: be their third team?
0: well it would be but you also That's get the, the 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 cardinals bolted when the bidwells you know moved because they weren't going to get a um you know a certain beer contract and then of course the rams Cronky moved them because he was always going to move them to la so um you know i don't know that it's st louis's fault because they sold out the rams sold out from 2000 to 2007 they sold out every home game yeah, looked, look there.
1: if you win your fan i don't care where you are you can go You're to gonna, omaha right and you win they'll fill yeah. up the stadium it's right. the nfl yeah um the, the, the I guess it goes full circle. You have to be able to be competitive in your market when you're not good right? In, or, in order for your franchise to actually be looked at, in my opinion, as an upper echelon one. Like I know people get pissed off. The Cowboys are always in the national media. Mm-hmm. The Giants are always in the national media, even though they're not very good. And I, I get it. East Coast bias and all that shit. I get it. But, but the Cowboys are four and 12 that, Texas Stadium still has 90,000 people right. on it. You know, 18 they still 18 show stadium, up. Whatever, yeah. If, if the Giants are 3-13 are and 13 again, they're pissed, but they still go to MetLife, yeah. and they still support, and people still watch. And it's still a massive, massive market. So if you're the Titans and you suck, no one's going to know. You're right. just going to suck, and you're going to end up with a high draft pick. Right. If you're the Giants or the Cowboys and you suck, at least, at least you still have a market that you can fall back on in my opinion. So no one's ever talking about moving the Cowboys or the Giants, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or it's, Kansas can't City pro- yeah, city's Kansas a mid-market City.
0: team and they showed up when You're, they were terrible.
1: So so is the Oakland to the Ve- to Vegas thing just the Raiders being the Raiders? Or is does the does Northern California not understand the history that they have? I can't believe that they're actually allowing the Raiders to leave. Like you won't match the fucking Niners and just go build them a stadium.
0: That's that's the other thing. That that whole move um, it was spurred on by <laughs> okay, so Cronky and Spanos had originally worked out a deal where they were looking at uh, uh, land in Los Angeles back when Cronky first bought the Rams. Cronky went behind Spanos' back, bought the land himself, and then turned around and moved the thing out there. So that's why Spanos got partnered up with Mark Davis, Shady. another another yeah. So Spanos got partnered up with with Mark Davis, another cash poor owner, uh, and decided that you know Terrible we're, haircut.
1: We're, we're, we're gonna oh God. The fuck is wrong with that guy's haircut dude? Why does he look I, like that?
0: I, it takes a lot of money. I know to look he's cash poor
1: for an owner, but you're a multimillionaire, bro. Yeah, do you have a mirror at your house? <laughs>
0: It looks like the John Jesus. Gruden, except without the part. It's it's terrible. Like,
1: <laughs> it's terrible.
0: But he uh, anyway. They got together. They put together that per- competing proposal. They tried to get out there to Los Angeles. Obviously, it didn't fall through because Cronky's got fu money, and you know, and, and Bram wrote that thing through. Mm, that and Now he turned around and got the the Chargers renting from him on top of it. So he ended up winning six ways over. But that was the that was the impetus on this. So now the Raiders they fractured their relationship with their city, and they had one of the most passionate fan bases out there. I mean, the Oakland. It's if you've ever if you've never been, no, you The go. Black horse crazy. Yeah, it's.
1: it's I've got and hit with several batteries there
0: I wore a Chiefs jersey in there one time. That was a mistake.
1: Um, I, it was uh, it was it was fun though. The stadium is a total shithole. Yeah, I it mean is. it's but, one of the most dilapidated buildings I've ever been into in my life. I thought the we were sitting in the locker room one Raider game and the fucking ceiling fell out <laughs> for real, like five feet over. We were like, oh well, the ceiling just fell out. Okay, well let's go play the Raiders.
0: Oh man, That's, that's great. Yeah, that, but it was it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. Anyway, but it was yeah, it's it's one of those, so they need a new stadium. That's off they weren't going to get one from Oakland. They're not. Do you
1: like you know, the move to Vegas? Somewhat. Um, I, I think it's interesting. I think that is it a gimmick? Do they really that's care what about winning?
0: That's what I'm worried about.
1: I think it might just be a gimmick. You've got. I mean, you brought back Gruden. Um, Everybody's on the trade block. Yeah. You, Everyone you know, who's on the trade block, right. John. Everyone but Any, me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I. You know, and I, I've worked with John before, so I can tell you that. You know, he hates losing, but. I, it, it just something doesn't feel right about this one. If it, and I don't know, I, I don't know what, but put my finger on specifically what it you is. Do You think
1: any other franchise would have given him a ten-year contract oh, for a hundred million no. dollar? Absolutely
0: not. No franchise giving any coach. Bill so Belichick could ask for a ten-year, you know, 10 so, deal. And nobody's
1: giving it to so him. So the Raiders are so stupid, and Mark Davis is so enthralled with his good old with, buddy with good old buddy John that he's just willing to sacrifice his entire franchise yes. for that
0: yes wow and firmly believes that job will bring him back to glory holy
1: shit (laughs) all right well we'll see what happens to the uh, Carson City Los Angeles Chargers of California San Diego or (laughs) wherever the fuck they're gonna play we'll see Uh, my man Ben Albright joins us here on the BSN Denver podcast network we are at six zero studios here at six zero strength make sure you check out the website at six zero strength.com this place is the bridge Uh, we've got 20 million dollars in scholarships over the last eight years we send people to school for free if you're willing to work um But this is a no-bullshit environment, so don't come in here fucking around because I got no time for it. The state of Colorado has an identity problem, and in my opinion, I'm I'm going to push as hard as humanly possible all the time because I could give a shit about your feelings or your personal thoughts about whatever. I know what football is, and how are you going to react on the field when I put my hands on you and take your fucking lunch money? That's what I'm trying to get these kids ready for, not worried about your political correctness or your Blue Ribbon League or your your sensitivity to cuss words or your sensitivity to your kid getting bitched at because he stands me up at 4 a.m. or whatever. Um, The best way to help your child is to allow coaches to coach. So Mm -hmm. Pat Fitzgerald, I don't know if you saw this last week, Ben, but after they beat Nebraska, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the reporters asked him, Pat, how do you sustain this at Northwestern? And he said, said, we recruit the parent as much as we recruit the kid we don't want nightmare parents yeah i've had parents in here okay i got a kid three scholarship offers i'm not going to say his name he's a great kid he's not the problem got him three scholarship offers in a week okay mm-hmm. he stood me up at 4:30 in the morning on a thursday morning mm-hmm. i bitched him out on the phone his dad listened to the voicemail and pulled him out of the program <laughs> <laughs> so so what the first time he gets yelled at and he sleeps in and misses a workout and the coach rips his ass and he's like daddy they yelled at me he's like transfer yeah. it's so soft uh, that's neither here nor there alright so let's go into the rest of the NFL here you know that it's brought to you by NeuroXPF.com uh, the promo code is 6015 for a 15% discount or you can always come down here to 60 and pick up the product it's amazing check it out alright we just talked about the Chargers and the Titans who are you taking Ben? Uh, I'm taking the Chargers. Chargers, nice. Okay, Panthers, Eagles. Um, Panthers, North Turner's trying to turn Cam Newton into Troy Aikman. It ain't working. Eagles. Super Bowl uh,
0: hangover. Super Bowl hangover,
1: <laughs> no doubt. Carson Wentz rust. Is it off? I don't know. It's a little bit off. I, th- I think the Eagles can win this game. Um, I mean, they're, they're they're in the link. Yeah. You know, it's a really tough place to win. The defensive line for Philadelphia is—I uh, mean, for God's sakes—that it's unbelievable. I—I I thought that the defensive line for the Jaguars was legit, and then Coach Wilson, Coach Chris Wilson, their defensive line coach, was my coach for five, all five years at CU, and he's like a father to me. I love that man, and he gets the most out of his guys. And their <laughs> their second defensive line—I think their second unit might be better than. 22 team starting unit they've
0: they've got depth they've got talent oh by the way they've got great coaching that's that's the combination so so. are they
1: they repeat eligible bro are they a team that can go out and, and, and catch fire again or are they like that first Patriot team they won and then missed the playoffs the next year and had to figure it out, and then all of a sudden they were back-to-back the next year and won three or four. I think you're
0: closer to that. Closer I think that's, to that. Be just simply because you've got, you know, you got a little bit of a hangover, they've got to figure out that secondary, and then you've got just this, uh, an emerging talent buzzsaw in this this Rams team that's going to be so tough to get through.
1: I think L.A. did this right, though. And they... they I love how... And I, I'm sure Kroenke has to think about this, too, and go, how, how did I parlay this? But they... They wrapped a franchise move and being shitty and getting Gurley and Goff in back to back drafts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think or two, was two, two yeah. of three, something like that. Right. And then going and signing Whitworth and Sue and getting Darnold. And it, like their drafts over the last five, six years have been fucking phenomenal. They got. Especially in the best, mid-rounds. The, oh, yeah. Well, just think about their first-rounders, right. Three, like three of their last five. Darnold's the best defensive lineman in football. Gurley's the best running back in mm-hmm. football. And Goff could be the best quarterback in football in a year. Mm-hmm. And that's three of their last five first-round picks. Roger Saffold, the, the tackle who couldn't figure it out from Baylor, is now at guard and one of the best guards in football. Mm-hmm. They keep re-signing their own cats because they get guys like Jamal Brown, the guard, in late rounds. They get... Morgan Fox from CSU Pueblo, who's hurt this year, but they get him undrafted and he's a starter before he gets hurt. How are they doing this? And is this the blueprint? Well, I
0: think it is. And I think they've recognized that uh, it's okay to trade draft picks for guys that have been in the league. Let Let the other guys scout them. Let them get in the league. We'll see if they can play. Well, they might be in the wrong fit, the wrong system. Let's get them over here and let's maximize their talent. So they did that with a couple of guys. They tra- they're not afraid to trade away draft picks for great players as well. You know, they, like you said, I, they I dig Peter that. Peter, Sue. I don't like know
1: that. why more teams don't the do Eagles it. The Eagles
0: did it last year and the Rams are doing
1: it this year. Especially to maximize your window.
0: Right. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to maximize the window with a quarterback that's on that, fir- that rookie contract when you can afford to do it. Uh, and then and you need to hit in the late rounds and develop those guys as those, veter- as those veteran free agents move on. You have to pay your quarterback and the, the cap becomes tilted. So... The, the, is it time s- to
1: expand the salary cap?
0: Man, I, I mean, like I would, but at the same time, the, the idea behind the salary cap is to keep small market teams that don't have the cash competitive. Um, so it it, it it artificially uh incentivizes player salaries. Um, oh, so it sucks. Yeah. So it, you know, it's it's one of those things where I would, uh, I'd bump it up to about two hundred million, but you know, and then you know, make make it so that. Uh, if you go over, there's a luxury tax or something like that. That way, you don't artificially suppress player salary, but at the same time, it, it keeps there's a parity there, so you can't just have a, you know you can't have somebody come in and just buy all the players. Yeah, you know? good
1: shit, so. Ben. I dig that a lot actually. So okay, the Rams have done it this way; they get McVeigh, the offensive minded head coach, they're trading for picks, so on and so forth. The Panthers have a defensive minded head coach going full circle back here to Philly and Carolina. Ron Rivera's done a good job with Carolina, but I still, I watch that team. I watched them last week against Washington. You'll never hear me call them the Redskins because, I, I mean, come on, guys. You've got to get rid of that name here eventually. I don't really care, but everyone else does. Um, so, the, you know, they play Washington last week, and I dig Washington. I think they have some good pieces, but I don't think they're a better team than the Panthers on paper, even in D.C.,
0: yeah, I think Washington – the problem with Washington is they're a team that can't play from behind. Uh, they're no, a good Alex football Smith team. Yeah, th- Right. You've, you've got a great defense. You've got a strong run game. I um, like
1: their offensive line. Sheriff Williams. they got dudes.
0: Yeah, they do. They, they have a great offensive line. Okay,
1: but so – Alex Smith, you can't play from behind with that. You can't. You just can't. So it, going full circle, there was Noel Turner and, and Cam Newton and then a defensive-minded head coach in Rivera. And you're looking at Philadelphia where you have – Jim Schwartz, an ex-head coach as your D.C., who has you know great assistants under him that do the logistical work, like Wilson and, and the—I can't remember the secondary coach's name, but he's really good, too. And then Peterson's your head coach. Mm-hmm. Why in the Sam Hell—and this is a question I'm going to ask you when we get to the Broncos. Okay. But Ron Rivera, he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. He's went to a Super Bowl. But— you can't tell me that you look at Carolina's offense with McCaffrey just with McCaffrey alone. Do you imagine what Josh McDaniels or McVay would be doing with McCaffrey?
0: Oh, he'd have a thousand on the ground, a thousand in the he'd air.
1: He'd be the NFL MVP, right. bro. So my question, I guess, goes full circle here. Why in the fuck would you ever, ever, ever have a head coach that's defensive minded in the league these days?
0: Well, that's that's the question. Um, you know, you just look, go
1: get a good DC. Yeah.
0: That's you look back at you look back at, at the, the you know the recent Super Bowl winners. I mean obviously Belichick was a DC the boot head coach, but he's been around a long time and he's you know made sure that he's gotten the right offensive minds on there. Uh, I mean Harbaugh, he was
1: the head coach there before the rule changes though. Right. I'm talking when the NFL right. said we could give a shit about defense. We want numbers and ratings. Well, that's a, I had a
0: conversation with the defensive coordinator just the other day, and I put it out on Twitter, and he said, you, you can no longer build a defense to
1: prevent yardage. I saw that. You, you, I saw you, that on your feet.
0: Yeah, the only, way, the only way you can win in the modern NFL is build a defense that's going to generate turnovers and stiffen in the red zone.
1: And that's what I've been talking about. I do the, the top six every week for BSNDenver.com, and last week we didn't do it because of the short week. We're going to combine the Rams and the Cardinals when the tape gets up. The, in between the 25s, teams are just moving up and right. down the field all week, yeah. everywhere. I mean, even even the Cardinals, even last night, they They had one drive where they ran straight down the field and scored. Right. They sucked after that, but still. They are the Cardinals. All you have to do these days is play good red zone defense and create turnovers, and that's, if you do that, you're going to be viewed as an elite defense.
0: And that's, that's exactly it. You have one defense in the NFL, one right now that plays defense in the you know traditional style of Baltimore. As in Baltimore and I love the Ravens, it, man. Right.
1: That last week, Mariota had ten completions. They sacked him eleven times, and they only ran forty plays. Right. I don't. I watched that tape, in there, the NFL app on these Apple TVs. I have one in the studio here, and I got one in my in my uh, lab over here. I'll show you when you before you leave, but you, they, it has the ability to go to the back film. Mm-hmm. So it's just like what we watch in meetings. And I'm telling you, I watched all 40 plays from the Titan Raven game that they played. It took a whole like 15 minutes. <laughs> and it was a fucking throttling, Ben. So, whip it. Uh, it was an unbelievable ass kicking. And not only that, but they have Taylor Lawan and Conklin, who are both Big Ten, you know, great tackles. Conklin's a Michigan State guy, Lawan's a Michigan guy. They've got good guard play. They went out and, and, and signed these guys, and they, they built their roster. Mariota's always hurt, but that's maybe because he's getting sacked 11 fucking times in one game. Maybe that's the reason. He's not fragile. He's getting his ass kicked. Just I mean, it, it is what it is. So I, I'm sure that the Chargers, Bosa's not back for the Chargers yet, right? Uh, no, not going to be a couple more up, weeks. So. Yeah, they haven't even
0: added him yet. When they wow. do, they're going to be they're going to be lethal too. Wow! All
1: right, so Panthers and Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles at home. I think the Panthers fall to three and three, and people start trying to figure out what's wrong with that offense. Although, let me ask you this: Why is it that everybody wants to turn Cam Newton into a pocket passer? Why? Why? Why the fuck are they doing this to this guy? Just because- don't Randall Cunningham him. Just say Cam. Go do you, bro. I, everybody talks about, oh, you can't run your quarterback with quarterback power. I've, and knock on wood, I don't.
0: When your quarterback's see him get the size hurt, of
1: Julius Peppers, you can. There you go. <laughs> he runs four, 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 five. 4'5. And he's as big as Julius six, Peppers. He's six, 275 pounds, if not more, yeah. and built like a fucking freight train. Right. And you can't hit with your helmet anymore in the NFL, but he can. He right. can lead with his shoulders exactly. and head because offensive players can do whatever they want. If I'm Ron Rivera. And I, I, this is what, it, ultimately, going full circle when we get to the Broncos, it'll be my point of contention there, too. My biggest problem with the NFL these days is the coaches are enthralled with throwing the ball and scoring points, too. Yep. They don't understand that with the softness of defensive line play and everybody – just pass rushing all the time. We're and, at the church
0: right now. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> like the Rams, you look at their defensive line. They're dominant from a pass rush standpoint. Sue and Darnold and Brockers and Quinn, they can rush the passer, but – if you line up in 12 and 22 with a fullback and motion correctly and pull people and ace and deuce and climb, you're going to fucking seem everyone, I don't care who you play, because everyone's a nickel now. Yeah, Everyone's a nickel. There's a linebacker off the field. There's a secondary player that can't tackle. Nobody in the secondary wants to hit anyone. I mean, it's not, it's not crazy to think that even though the rules are slanted toward the passing game, if you run the ball more than you throw it... If
0: everybody's built to stop the pass, be the power team. Yes. That's be power, B12.
1: and you'll go win. I bet I bet you this. I would bet that as the playoffs and as the season winds on and it gets colder outside and more tapes on, number one, Kansas City is going to start showing some weaknesses, not necessarily losing. They're really good, but their defense is a liability. Well, it's terrible. The Rams are going to start. They're not going to go undefeated. They're going to lose eventually. They've got a tough schedule coming up. I wouldn't be surprised they lose to the Saints in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the teams that can line up and grind out a four minute drive and do that the whole game. So, if you want to get, if you have Drew Brees in the playoffs, or you have Goff and the Rams in the playoffs, or you have Kirk Cousins or Rodgers or one of these high flying guys who can just go up and down the field on you whenever he wants, why in the fuck would you try and match that guy? Why wouldn't you just go out and be like, okay, we're going to run the ball 50 times? And we're going to drain the play clock. We're going to limit his opportunities. We're going to keep the the defense on the field the whole game. We're going to get a lead, and then we're going to let our pass rushers pass rush. Because if you, as we see here in Denver routinely, pass rushers don't play the run well. They don't. Uh, they're going and after They don't want to.
0: Right. That's the thing. They want to get the sack. Nobody cares about it. You Just don't get a, a, get a tackle or whatever, as far as that goes. But right, so you're absolutely right on that.
1: It, when you're going full circle there, and, and we're talking about those circumstances, I think there's no better game to talk about next than the Patriots and the Bears, because the Patriots. I played for Josh McDaniels. He is in, in charge of that offense. There's no debate. Bill has the final say. Tom has the final okay, and then Josh says, "Let's roll." I don't think Josh is a bad dude. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think that he doesn't think. I think he does. And then he sits back and goes, oh, shit. I can't do that. I think he did that here. I think he walked in and traded Marshall and Cutler and then was like, fuck. I just traded Marshall and Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> and I got Orton." <laughs> well, he was trying to get Castle at all. Trying. That. that was the, uh That was the thing. So I, I think that he has the potential to be a great coach down the road. He's an unbelievable OC. And he puts Tom Brady in position to dice people. The Bears, they have a offensive minded head coach in Matt Nagy who has turned the corner with Mitchell Trubisky and they went and got Mack. That when he plays healthy and full full bore, he is as dominant as Vaughn in a different way. I think that the Broncos have a pretty lethal combination right now. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm very interested to see how New England's tackles fare against Mack. Because if Denver is going to play this team down the road, we don't play them in the regular season. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. The only way to beat Tom Brady is to hit him routinely. Yep. So I'm I'm looking at this game and saying to myself, number one, could this be a potential Super Bowl matchup? Are the Bears that good or are they overhyped and they're just from Chicago and people are jumping on the train? And, And are the Patriots real? After beating Kansas City, I think
0: the Patriots are real. I think they, they, they start slow every year. They they treat those first three games
1: as tune-ups, and then, <laughs> then yeah, they don't have enough. Up. They don't have enough tape on everybody. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> they get all that tape, by yeah. The court, it's amazing how It's amazing how that works. Yeah, when you know uh, the when you know what everybody's doing because you're taping practice. What <laughs> they did that? that never happens. Never really. that never happened.
0: They um yeah, you know, I I think Patriots are I, as far as the Bears go. The only problem I have is is that offense. Uh, Trubisky doesn't throw left. If you ever watch, you watch. He won't throw the left side of the field. So if you, all you have to do is go, man, on the left side of the field, and then you can do whatever you want on the right side of the field. Start shut those lanes down. It makes it a lot easier to contain him. They've got two backs that are good that they just don't go to enough. And Howard and and Cohen, um, you know, they've got all kinds of weapons. Nagy's got to get Trubisky to see the whole field. So why is
1: why does Nagy walk in? I'm not saying he can't do this. I'm not saying Trubisky can't be that guy. I'm saying that week ten. He's not going to have the same windows he's thrown in week four. Right. So when he has six touchdowns against Tampa, who might be the worst secondary in football, they're terrible on they're defense. Awful. Which I don't know if Dirk Cutter still has his job. Honestly, it is what it is. Same. That's sexy and that's great and awesome and the early game and people can talk about it all day and shit. Great, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I I don't see him doing that against the NFC North every week. I don't see him dicing those guys up every week. And it it just. It, it seems to me like Matt Nagy doesn't understand that he has Jordan Howard and Jordan Howard just went for like 1600, didn't he?
0: Something like that. Yeah. You got to get a as, great as a, power back, back, back there. You don't want to use
1: it. Your player or right. some shit. You got a pretty big, decent offensive line. That's really good when they play action. Mm-hmm. Kyle Long's a mauler when he's healthy. So I think new England will win this game, even though they're on the road in Chicago, but still the, the, the bears are tricky. I don't know if they're real or not. Um, all right, two other ones I want to talk about here, Saints and Ravens. So you've got maybe the most explosive offense and a quarterback who after you know Manning and Brady might be might be the best quarterback from an intellectual standpoint I've ever seen. Um, this is a great game too. I, I, I'm very interested to see if Baltimore can go out and play their style of defense and be successful against a team that can go five wide and, and then all of a sudden motion two guys and they're in 20 personnel with Ingram and Kamara in the backfield. So you start an empty and the defense has to adjust to that and then all of a sudden you're in 20 with two great backs in the backfield. That's a lot of problems for defenses. So, do, how do you see this one playing out here? I, I can't wait to watch this game. This is the game of the weekend, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: I've got that one circled. That's going to be one I'm going to be watching heavily. I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think Baltimore is ultimately going to win this game. I, I oh, love huh? it. Well, wow. I, 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 I think
1: it's at the crab cake. I think it's at Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. My bad. I, I think. Um, yeah. It is. You're, you're
0: right. Um, at the crab cake. <laughs> I, I I I love what Baltimore's doing this year. Uh, that offense is a little suspect, but you got Alex Collins back there. It was a Mack truck. He can break tackles. Uh, Flacco. Looks motivated since they drafted uh, Lamar Jackson. All of a sudden, he's he's remotivated. So that's you know that's something. But that defense is ridiculous. I, I, I love Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees would have won more than Manning or Brady on either one of the teams if he'd been the quarterback instead really? of them. I think he's better. So uh, Brees is
1: a Colt or a Patriot. I think they win both, both teams are better. Both those teams are better. Wow. I think, so he's, is, I think is, he's a better
0: quarterback overall. He okay. just never had a better team around him.
1: Top five quarterbacks off the top of your head, all time, all time.
0: Well, Montana, Brady, Brees, Steve Young. Uh, and then that's where it starts getting tricky. It depends on what you want, whether it's going to be Elway, whether Elway. it's going to be Marino. Elway. It's going to be, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously you guys at Denver are going to say Elway. Elway. I, you know, it, that's that's where it gets tricky for me.
1: But those are the guys. Sick question. Elway is God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Get Broncos. Yeah. Um, but that's where five where it gets tricky for me, and it's where that's where the conversation starts. Whether you're an Elway guy, whether you're a Marino guy, whether you're you know whatever, but uh, yeah, Manning, Brady, Breeze, the three best, and Montana's is, and Steve Young are the, to me are the, are the five. So you're a Niner guy, go um, Not really. I actually came up in Kansas City, but so I'm, a not really, I'm not so are,
1: really, a, not really, not really Chiefs fan either. Uh, I'm, I'm a great you're football. Fan. Fan. I just love I love watching. Yeah. I'm great the football. same way, man. I, when it comes to college football, I I live and die with my Buffaloes. But when it comes to the league business. That's the same. Razorback, lie.
0: Razorback red through, yeah, through. You, but, you know, as far as the league goes, you know,
1: I, I like I like it when the Jets win. If they lose, I don't give a shit. I could care less about the Dolphins. I like it when the Broncos win, when they lose. I don't lose sleep. I don't get really pissed off about it or anything. Mm-hmm. It's business. All right. So uh, I'm going to take the Ravens to at home. But I do think that this is has the potential to be an unbelievably good game. Mm hmm. Cowboys and Washington play. We'll see what happens there. It, that's always a great game in D.C. And then Cincinnati goes to Kansas City. Now, I always say this on the show, and I've been saying it all my time at 760, and since since I can remember, I can't take the Bengals seriously until they win a playoff game because it all it looks the same to me. Every time they're good – They have great regular seasons where they're beating teams they shouldn't beat, and they're coming out of nowhere, and the Red Rocket looks like he can play, and A.J. Green's uncoverable, and they've got Geno Atkins killing people, and Burfitt looks like he's trying to figure out how to play football in this era. He's not dirty. He's old school. You know, I'm not crazy. I'd be perfectly content swinging a fucking axe at someone's head and living to 50. I was just born in the wrong century. So I think Burfitt's the same kind of guy, you know, like Mike Mitchell. He's out of the league now. I don't think he's a bad, dirty player. I think he's just an old school throwback. Mm-hmm. And I, I love how those guys are dirty now. I don't even think Indominus Sioux is dirty. I just think he's an asshole. And that's okay. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. So when we're, we're looking at Kansas City and Cincinnati, do I think Cincinnati could go to Kansas City and win? Yeah, sure, they could. Do I think they will? No, not <laughs> primarily, especially with what I saw from Pittsburgh and the inability for for Cincinnati to stop that offense when they had to in the fourth quarter routinely mm-hmm. and how much they chopped them up with the quick passing game. And I'm looking at Kansas City going, that's all they fucking do. I mean, it, I'm going to watch this game intently because I need to know if the Broncos, who won 45 to 10 on Thursday night football against Arizona, we're going to get into that in a second. I want to know if I should feel good at three and four going to Kansas City because three and five looks shitty to me. Yeah. That's... I don't I, – I was listening this morning driving here to Mike Evans and Stink. Mm-hmm. And Evans actually said, well, Kansas City's a wash. We know we're going to lose that game. We're 3-5, and five and I think we look good. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? 3-5 and five looks awful.
0: It does, and I wouldn't count Especially that.
1: Especially in the AFC West.
0: And I wouldn't count that game as, as an automatic loss right away. The Broncos Neither were highly I. competitive in that Neither game. Neither would I. In fact, the Broncos were winning that game until
1: Vance turned the defense over to Joe Woods. And, and look, when when I did my schedule this year, I picked the Broncos to finish 10-6. and six. OK, I had him win in the first two weeks. I had him losing at Baltimore, losing Kansas City at home. Mm-hmm. I had him beating the Jets, which didn't work out very well. Yeah, I did, OK, yeah, I, that too, so. I had him losing to the Rams. Mm-hmm. I had him beating the Cardinals and then I had him beating Kansas City on the road because that's the way that this rivalry works. And the Broncos are due. They haven't beat Kansas City in like the last six or seven times. Something like that. We haven't beat them in two years or something. It's been a while. Yeah, something like that. I think that.
0: they had one win against Andy Reid, actually. Yeah,
1: and it's not. And then it, that was a Peyton Manning era win, or maybe right. two or three. I don't I don't know. Who gives a shit? But they've been few and far between since the Manning era ended.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Kansas City's really good, but Denver, we'll go straight into it. They won 45-10 last night. Mm-hmm. They look good doing it. Five turnovers, two defensive touchdowns. They jumped on them early, and they jumped on them often, and they beat their ass. Von Miller had one of the most dominating performances from a defensive end I've seen in recent history, in my opinion. He does it all the time. The reason I get so pissed off about Von's effort is because he should do that every game. There's no reason why he can't be that guy all the time. You can scheme him and game plan him, but when he wants to rush the passer and make a play, he does it. There's no one on, on fucking earth that can stop him. I don't care if you put Orlando Pace out there and Walter Jones and they chip block him. He's getting home sometimes.
0: Well, he's got that great bend. I mean, he's a. He can ran the corner. Yeah, he can run under the table
1: at 100 Bro, miles an the hour. the tackle went to go punch him with both hands and he punched down and and Vaughn went underneath his hands and just kind of popped up and knocked the ball out. And I was like, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. And he fell over. So.
0: He's got such incredible bend. And I, it's just one of those things where you look at it, so he can run. He, the guy would probably be. The limbo king of the world, I he can run under he's the table at 1, a thousand miles an hour. So.
1: I've never seen anything like him before. Yeah. I think he's a combination of Derek Thomas and Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. So, I thought Derek Thomas is my favorite pass rusher of all time, and and you know I, I know he's a chief, but I, I love that man so much. I'm looking at the Broncos right now and going, okay, when they were struggling against the 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 Chiefs on defense, even though they played well, and then they got throttled by the Jets and throttled by. The Rams on the ground for 593. Mm-hmm. 593. <laughs> Holy nuts. Um, they obviously responded correctly last night. Those games, Bradley Chubb was a Sam linebacker. Okay? And what are we talking about here? Nickel, right? So he's a Sam linebacker, and if you're in nickel all the time, he moves to the defensive end. Right. Why? If I'm telling you, if he is not just the defensive end, if they're going to sit here and tell me in Denver after what I saw the last two weeks from Chubb and Miller together on the defensive ends rather than being in an odd front where Pecco's playing a zero and Wolf or Goss is on the backside in a four-technique, two-gapping, and then your front side player is either a four- or three-technique penetrating, and then you've got Chubb playing a Sam, Marshall, Davis, and Vaughn, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but... This may be unpopular, but Brandon Marshall needs to have less snaps. Todd Davis needs to have more snaps. Bradley Chubb needs to. Gostis and Wolf need to play the same position. Pecco and Kerr need to rotate. Gostis and Wolf need to rotate. Chubb needs to start at five technique. Vaughn needs to start at five technique. Right. And you've got big, aggressive defensive tackles that can help ru- stop the run. And you've got two great pass rushers. Because I look at, I look at Bradley Chubb, especially with his progression these, these last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I see Terrell Suggs. That's who I see. And I, I see Khalil Mack, especially after a year or two of him progressing and getting better and shaping his body. And can imagine what an offseason is going to do for this kid working with Vaughn. Right. I, that's what I see. And when you have tandem pass rushers like that, you can't put one of them in a position where they're dropping all the time just because of the defense.
0: Right, and that's what it, it looks like they're trying to run some kind of three-three-five, you know, nonsense yeah, it, it's, there.
1: And, and look, it's an odd front combo, and the whole point point of odd is to build a wall so they have to run run the corners and stop their feet, so we can track them to the sideline. Right, people are seeming us though in our, our odd front, and that's how you beat that. That you don't look anybody that's watched Game of Thrones. Okay, you never win. By trying to scale the wall. You never win by trying to go around it. You don't win by attacking in the bay. You win by running through the fucking wall. Right. <laughs> All right? Run through the fucking wall and you'll win. And that's what people have been doing to the Broncos. The Broncos move Chubb to a five technique and they limit the reps for the big guys inside. So Wolf and Pecco aren't playing the whole game. You're rotating Goss Wolf, Pecco and Kerr. Mm-hmm. And and Shelby and, Harris too. and Shelby Harris, you've got a good five man rotation inside. You never have anybody getting their ass kicked because they're tired. And then you rotate Chubb, Vaughn, Shane Ray, and Shaq Barrett. And when I say rotate, Vaughn and 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 Chubb play the whole fucking game, and the other two don't play. Do you think that Shaq Barrett or Shane Ray could play Sam linebacker at the same time, though? If they wanted to come out in this for in this, this is the uh, the defense I would love to see. I'd love to see Vaughn in a five technique over under fronts moving forward. So we're penetration-first defensive linemen that go and attack. Very, very similar to what we saw last night. Almost exactly similar to it. Mm -hmm. They were in a four-man front the whole night. Vaughn's your five technique away from the tight end. He's your backside pass rusher, so he's manned up the majority of the time. You know that they slide away from the left tackle. Most places, just not here. I wonder why. (laughs) You get Wolfergastos as your as your your pass rush three technique, and you have Peco Kerr and Shelby Harris as your one technique. Shelby can do both. Right. Then you've got a two hundred and eighty pound Bradley Chubb playing your seven. Yeah. So he's the guy that's taking on the double team with the tight end. But then you put Shane Ray or Shaq Barrett at the Sam linebacker outside of Chubb, and you have three goddamn pass rushers on the field. Yeah. Yeah. And then Davis Marshall. Marshall's your will that can cover. Davis is your masher. I thought Todd last night stopped thinking and started attacking, and he was in the fucking backfield the whole time, and it was awesome to see. When Sue Cravens gets healthy, I want to see him on the field.
0: That's the other thing. You I need a to heavy see nickel him. And bring him yes. Yeah, and bring him out there. I mean, his natural position linebacker. Or, was not or accurate, so. how
1: about replacing Darian Stewart? Well, and that that maybe he got a little dinged up last night. I, don't I can't know. watch him miss any more tackles, dude. It's it, driving me up a fucking wall. Darian ball. made his career
0: on dinging uh, Emmanuel Sanders on that big hit when when Darian was on the Rams. Crushed him, and and that's where he made his. And so that, that's why the Broncos are. Wow, we want that. Bring that over. You know, so replace the
1: liability this year in support. Right,
0: Brad. it'll replace TJ. But the, the problem is, is that safeties like that once it once it goes, it, it goes. goes. Goes, goes so quick. yeah and so, so
1: I don't think Stewart will be back here in Bronco Orange next year it's just, the time's up that's what it means NFL means not for long right. I want to see if Stewart Cravens can stay healthy and be that guy because even if he does step in and play strong safety, he, he, like you just said, he's their nickel linebacker. Right, it, that's who you are. So, he's so versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might give Willie Parks a couple more opportunities, too. I, I like Will. He's inconsistent at times, but I do like him as a player. Chris Harris Jr. last night showed us why he's Chris Harris Jr. Roby had a pick on a terrible throw by Rosen. Rosen was forcing, but I'm glad he caught it. Um, okay. Great. They won 45-10. Great. The offensive line played awesome. Billy Turner, Connor McGovern, Paradis, Max Garcia, and Garrett, great job. You kept your quarterback clean, mostly. You ran the damn ball down people's throats, especially on the right side, Connor and Billy. That's why we grind, brothers. That's why we're in this motherfucker all the time. Every Tuesday morning, getting better working on double-team steps and climb and all that. So it was damn good to see those two having the success they had. I personally don't think Billy Turner loses his job. If you go out and you give that job straight back to Jared when he gets healthy, I think you're totally and unequivocally destroying the future progression of your starting right tackle. How many I'll ask you this. How many times have you heard Billy Turner's name since he started? Well, that's the thing. You don't. You don't. You don't that's a good name. thing. <laughs> you never hear his name. That's, and um... if you never hear his name, then he's not fucking up. Right. And, so you just can't give the job back to Jared. He's, he's not going to be here next year, bro. That's, that's no that's way a, Billy's right. going to be. They gave him money last year to keep him. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going, if he keeps progressing, you can't just give Jared back the job. Vance has got to run with the guys he's winning with. When they bench McGovern, mm-hmm. uh, it's fitting. I hate it. I hate that Ron got hurt. Ron's one of my guys, too. It crushes me. It, it could be the reason Ron's not back here next year. He's got – his dead money's only a million bucks or something. Right. He gets all of his cash in the first two years, and he's injury-prone, unfortunately. And I was injury-prone, and sooner or later teams are like, okay, we can't sign him because he's not going to be on the field. We don't have we're, – we're not confident he's going to be there. Best ability is availability. So why in the fuck would you, would you bench McGovern – After he's been – after he graded out from pro football focuses – I know that Broncos don't give a shit about that, but they should because PFF actually knows what they're talking about most of the time. Mm -hmm. I know that they can't grade it the same way that Kugler and Strauss can, but they can still grade it, and they have guys that know what 11 personnel means and shit. They know what a deuce call is. Right. So when he grades out that high and then they scapegoat him and make it seem like the Leonard Williams thing was all on him, look, we just talked about this. You cannot slide to your left tackle consistently in the NFL and be successful. Against the Jets, they slid to Garrett Bowles 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. There was one play in the Ram game last week, the second play of the game, where they knocked, or third play, where they knocked the ball out of Casey's hands. Yep. And he picked it up and almost threw a pick. Mm-hmm. They slid protecting to him and chipped, <laughs> and he still got beat inside, and they knocked the ball out of his hands. And then Garcia, on the other side, that replaced McGovern, mm-hmm. Got driven six driven yards back. in the backfield by y'all. Donald or yeah. by Aaron Donald, and yep. he knocked the ball out too. And there's people chasing. So, number one, why would you inhibit the progression mentally of your players you're trying to develop that are your future? And then number two, is this strictly about saving jobs, or are we trying to win games and get to the playoffs? Number three, why is beating the Jets? And the Colts last year, two of the worst teams in football, Mm -hmm. and then beating the worst team in football, why does that give everybody all this positive, like, fucking Christmas morning Santa Claus is here feeling like we're back? Everybody loves a win. A win is no, the win I'm is the shower. Win, too, a win man, washes the dirt off.
0: You know, at least to some people they think it do. But I, look, uh, yeah, this you beat the worst team in football. Let's be They're honest. Terrible. Outside of Buffalo, there's really not any competition. Arizona's one the worst They're team. They're god in awful, bro. They've got a terrible offensive coordinator who has no imagination. His offense looks straight fresh from 1989. Uh, you run, you know, run a gun bunch with, and, and then you run it right up inside every time off the off the a gaps with David Johnson, who's one of the most versatile weapons in football. He's a in, monster. In neuter him, you know, no, totally. So neuter. it's 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 one of those situations You're where. Neuter him. <laughs> <that's what they laughs> They did. They've taken it from, true. you know. You're, you're, you're correct. You I could are use worse terminology. But it's, it's it, it, you know, is not a good football team, but it's good to get positive traction and maybe hopefully carry that over. You've got to have the belief in yourself to be able to do good. it. Um, but, you know, I, I I certainly would not have taken away – the Christmas morning feeling I'm like, it's nice to get a win and I, I would you know there's nothing wrong with getting a win I'd be like yes we got a win and oh by the way when we ran the ball we did highly we were highly effective that's the what I would have taken away when we tried to get too cute we weren't running that third down little little slip screen uh, It was absolutely ridiculous on third and okay, two okay
1: bro I swear to God it, it makes me want to punch things I, <laughs> I was so angry when it happened I posted on Twitter I hate slip screen mm-hmm. and a bunch of people fa- favorited it and then I know they hate it too but I, I don't hate it necessarily look I hated chasing it on defense but it's also easy to stop if you know it's coming I hated trying to track athletes in space as an offensive player because they know it's fucking coming Mm -hmm. and yeah it worked great with Peyton Manning that's because he could attack every other part of the field right and when you can't attack every other part of the field they know it's slip screen right also when they run up and go Crease! Crease! Or Allie! Allie! That's screen right and screen left. It's the same damn terminology that was used when I was there. So when Keenan walks up and goes, Hey, Crease, 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 Crease! And everybody's on Arizona's like, It's a uh, slip screen right, bro! And, and he's right. So. It, it was a terrible play call when, when you have the ability to pipe them the way they can with Phil Lindsey. Freeman's out with a high ankle sprain. That sucks for 28. But you're going to watch Lindsey turn into the future at the running back position for the Broncos moving forward. Couldn't be more proud of my boy Phil. Uh, you know, he's been in here in studio for, for one of the early episodes here on McChesney Unchained and he is just straight vigor and fire and the kind of guy you want to play shows
0: for. on the field. He's a monster. Sure. But I, for me, like the thing that bugged me most though, is if you're the Broncos, you have case Keenum, you know what you have, he's limited in certain ways. So you know what you have, right? So play to his strengths. You should run play action power and then a backside slant. And that was your first, that if you're going to throw the ball, that was your first down play. You know, and instead we're trying slip screens and trying to get cute with it and, you know, all this other stuff. I, you know, everybody likes the Emanuel jet sweep pass touchdown there, but, I mean, come on. <laughs>
1: It, it, I, I don't mind the gimmick it was nice it's gives not, Kansas City something to practice gonna, it's not going to work against good football teams, but it does give them something to practice that's right i'm not going to sit here and be negative Nelly all day and and like harp on the fact that 45 to tens a bad thing it's not uh, Vaughn Miller was absolutely incredible and consequently he's our wear band warrior uh, I don't even care what happens this weekend I give a shit no one's going to have a better uh, uh, outing than Vaughn had last night. Not only did he have the outing, but he told everybody what he was going to do with yeah. diggy called the more. shot so our wearband warrior of the week is von miller uh, and his dominance last night at on thursday Night football against the arizona cardinals um wear bands is an inc- incredibly uh, great product that we sell here at six zero all the linemen and, and athletes use it all the fighters it forces dorsiflexion of the toe inside load of your foot it forces you to stay tall through your chest and, and really activate your core and uh it's just a great tool to maximize your force output from the floor up and and really, really maximize your training and, and your money because it, it, you know if you're going to invest in yourself, you've got to maximize it. So check out wearbands.com 6020 is the promo code if you want 20% off or you can come down here to 60Strength and get your set and our wearband warrior goes to Vaughn Miller who leads the league in sacks. So, do you think that Miller and Chubb and I, I personally think that that combination is going to take the Broncos where they want to go before Case and and the offense can. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if they're if that's what teams have to get ready for, Ben, moving forward, it 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 puts this like fear in them because they can wreck the game at any time. So I think it makes teams more cautious. It makes them it makes them less apt to take more shots, and I think it makes them a little bit more. A little bit more shell coverage and rally and tackle on defense because they don't want to give up points. Mm-hmm. Because you know if you if you if you're in the NFL and you are not up on the Broncos in the second quarter late or early third, if you're up on them, you're probably going to win.
0: But if you're not, you're. But world if you're ahead.
1: not, you're fucked. They they can just unleash people on you and play cover zero and cover one and rush five guys, and that's what they did last night, and it worked. Now, do I think that Cardinals' offensive line is atrociously terrible? Yes, um, but do they have to exploit that terribleness? Of course they do. Is can they beat Kansas City? Can they? Yes, yes
0: they can. It's going
1: to be difficult. I mean, it's difficult I mean, to go, go on you, the
0: arrowhead and win. But do, they do you can actually it?
1: think that they can muster up? This is my problem. Okay. The wins are great. Losses happen. I know this is the NFL. You're not going to be undefeated. That's not what I'm looking for. I don't expect the Broncos to win every week. That's not the kind of fan I am. I'm not a fan. I'm a vet. We'll put it like this. Consistency comes from coaching. Mm-hmm. Why is this team so inconsistent? Bro, you answered if your they own question. <laughs> played like that all the time, they would be so hard to beat. The only time I've seen this team play up to their standard is Seattle and that game last night. So is it just because they know they can win? Like, do they play that much better when they know they're better than the team they're playing against? But when they're even or they're tired like they were with the Jets and and the Ravens, the Ravens are a better team than we are. But... When they're even, they don't, they can't muster up the kind of fire and vigor they played with last night. And why, why is it that they can't? Aren't they paid to do that every night?
0: Well, that, that you're, yeah, I think you're answering a your question. And they could have beaten Baltimore too. Baltimore was a game where they kept, they kept getting into scoring position inside the forty and shooting themselves in the foot with holding penalties. Yep. If, yep. if you know, you've True. got, if you can play consistently, and if I would rather have Garrett Bowles get beat off the edge than hold. I, I i'm so i'm at the point though but the holding is what is just absolutely well, put boxing gloves yeah. on that kid and that way he can't grow right
1: I've, I've been begging okay. him to come in here and get help we talk on the phone all the time but i can't get him in the room all of his teammates are here we can't get him in the fucking room it is what it is hopefully he'll come garrett get your ass down here and i'll help you bro <laughs> your set pattern is so repetitive everybody sees it um Last night he just didn't play anybody that could play, or he would have gotten beaten there too. I think he can be a good player. I just don't think he is one yet. I agree. I, the talent's there. The talent's definitely there. I mean, it, put it like this: If you're an offensive lineman, okay, and you get a ten-yard holding penalty, you can't make up for that. Right. I can't throw you a slip screen. You can't like. You can't break a run. You can't go and dictate to the defense as a quarterback. If you get a, like an a intentional grounding or a, a delay game, defensively, if Chris Harris gets a fucking personal foul or a pass interference penalty as long as it's not in the end zone and they go to the one yard line he can pick six it and make up for it so on offensive line when you get holding penalties the drive is dead when's the last time you saw the broncos get a holding penalty on a drive and they actually scored off of it none Zero. I and mean, last <laughs> night, Janovich got a holding penalty on that, and it was probably warranted. He reached, mm-hmm. and that's what they look for. He reached and turned the shoulders. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. it was. I, I thought that. it was a little tick tacky, but whatever. On oh, the Lindsay run, right? Yeah, yeah. Lindsay broke a thirty-yarder, and it's a great block. But who? They ran left, so right when the holding penalty came out, who would you think I thought it was on? Oh, care like, right? God <laughs> damn it, seventy-two. But it wasn't on him. It was on Janel. So, all right, moving forward here with the Denver Broncos, is this the win, Ben? That elevates them to being a playoff contender or are they just seven and nine eight and eight nine and seven missing the playoffs and the chargers and the chiefs are the class of this division
0: well, i think both can be true um technically i think two wild cards could come from this division and i think it's a soft afc this year um I, I think that really the next game is the key you know going into arrowhead is going to be the key you beat up you beat up poor arizona You know, everybody knew you were going to be here. You know, you you came out, called your shots, said you were going to kick their ass and did it. We're going to kick Uh, their ass. Now let's let's, let's, let's flip the needle. Let's go up against a a top five team in the NFL and, and see if you can do it again in their house. If you can beat Kansas City, you can get revenge on that game. You should have won at your house. If you can get revenge on that game, you turn it around right there. Because you can beat Houston. You're going to go into the bye week. You beat, you beat Kansas City Railroad. Now you go into the bye week
1: with a three. Oh, you know, I, don't, I don't think Houston's a wash. Houston's offensive line is garbage. Yeah, but their defensive line is not. Okay. Well, it's <laughs> fair. Very fair. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, assuming that we're not going to have you back in studio this season, and we may, are the Broncos a playoff team? I think they like they're a wild-card wild the best, contender. the best way to put that. Okay, I can deal with that. I can deal with win, that. When playing at their best. All right. All right, so on, uh, on Monday after the weekend here, Sean Tufts, uh, my ex-teammate, played for the Carolina Panthers for a couple of years and is uh, really, really involved with Buff for Life and everything they're doing. He's going to be my guest on Monday to talk about – football and the Buffs and the NFL and the Broncos and everything moving forward in Kansas City week and then Jake the Snake Plumber will be in here next week to, to join me uh, before the Kansas City game as well or after I can't remember what he said that's the CTE kicking into <laughs> um, and we'll have him involved as well thank you to NeuroXPF and Wearbands Bands for always uh, giving back and sponsoring the show and allowing us to do this here at Six Zero 0 Studios uh, McChesney Unchained okay brother I got a couple quick questions for you right off the top of your head I do it with everybody Metallica or Pantera? Metallica. Mayo or Miracle Whip? Neither. My man. Most hated college football team? Florida State. Best player you ever played with? Uh, best player I played
0: with yep. in high school would have been uh, Charles Spanky Gilliam. Came out here and played fullback at right. Air Force. He was my running back. Uh, and Spanky? Then, yeah. And then uh, best player I played with in college?
1: Uh, probably Jason Peters and Sean Andrews. Uh, best player uh, you ever saw play? Best player you've seen play ever. On the field yep. or from the stands? Just in general. Uh
0: from the stands, Derek Thomas. Derek I was there Thomas. for the
1: seven sack game. Nice. Eat dinner with anybody dead or alive.
0: Oh man, that's a good one. Uh Dead or Alive. Mm, dead uh poof, man. Probably um James Madison I know that's weird but uh, it's, it's a bit, yeah the president Al- a lot li- yeah the guy was a, he was a brilliant legal mind um, alive I love it too. oh man uh, James Madison
1: I know that's weird yeah
0: that's, I just fucking dig oh uh,
1: that's man, pretty alive. Cool.
0: there's so many I, 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 yeah uh,
1: alive I'll eat by myself fair enough yeah, I'm not sure more My for food. me Yeah, more for me alright this is McChesney Unchained episode 12 is a fucking wrap um, you can follow the show at BSN Unchained on Twitter and then at six strength on Twitter and Instagram to follow me personally check out the website six zero strength for all the information on the bridge and what we do here follow my man Benjamin Albright at Albright NFL uh, he's a great follow and, and always uh, always very, <laughs> well, always very uh, consistent with your opinion, brother. So you definitely stand and fight for what you believe, which I dig. There's a lot of sheep on social media these days. Uh, I am your host, Matt McChesney. Thank you very much for listening to episode 12. Thanks for Joel Clapp for, for chiming in a little bit about uh, the state of college football and what, whatnot. Uh, huge win last night for the Broncos, big time, 45 to 10. Uh, you know, it's time to parlay this into some big, big time W's and go beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Phil Lindsay, Sam Jones, Conor McGovern, Billy Turner. Uh, You guys impressed the shit out of me last night. Keep it up, boys. All right, I am Matt McChesney. That is Benjamin Albright. Thank you very much for listening, folks. We are out.